This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is May 24th, 2021. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, how was pickup basketball tonight? Oh, it was great. It was a great time. You and I were talking uh, over text before I was on, when I was on my way over there. Um, and I am I just don't play defense. Um, I'm that guy. I don't really care. Um, I don't play defense, and I just, I'm just i shooting from anywhere that I want. And that's it, you know? Th- thankfully, people... When you get into you know out of college, like people won't say anything to you about your shot selection, really. At least the kit people that I play with now. Um, but in college, like intramural and stuff, like or even just pick up basketball, you had some dudes that just thought they were they were they could say anything they wanted, and they would always just like say make comments to me or whatever. But I don't really care because that's when I have the most fun. So I'm just chucking, dude. I'm I, you know I I. Uh, I love to do the uh, Paul George, you know, you kind of like point at the ground a little bit and you just shoot from the spot and, you know, if it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, I don't really care, you know? See, I know that is more so the LaMelo ball, like when he was at Chino Hills coming across the half court line, just pointing (laughs) and then like pulling up and wetting from 40. But so what what is is that like 90% of your shot selection is just coming over half court, taking one or two dribbles and just pulling up? Or are you more like waiting that in the are, corner, hoping the the ball swings that, your way and you get no, an open I, spot up? No, t- typically I'll uh, if if I'm I'm there's a chance I'm pulling if I am taking the ball up the court. There's a chance I'm pulling if it's early game for sure, uh, and there's a chance I'm pulling if the game's on the line. In the middle of the game, I'm probably not pulling because I just, there's not no fun with that. I either like to set the tone or end the game. So, so you're a high stakes um, kind of guy. Absolutely, I my adrenaline comes just comes from that, and uh, either that or I'm coming off screens, um, to you know coming off the screen, curling around it and trying to shoot immediately. So uh, I, I try not to sit in the corner too much because people face guard me, um, and so they just shut me down because I'm slow and whatever. But I'll I'll use all my energy if it means that someone setting me a down screen or something like that to come off it and shoot off the curl. So um, so yeah, that, that's that's kind of the the game in my old age. So what kind what kind of like vocal wise on the court? What kind of teammate are you? Are you really vocal? Or are you screaming and, and hooting and hollering when the guys are scoring? Or are you barking at guys on defense? I'm, I'm no, I'm I have no, like I said, I don't play defense, so I'm not about to call out anybody True. else's defense because I'm well, I'm I have great self awareness. I understand. Um, no, I'm the one that's like making jokes. Uh, if there is songs on, I'm I'm singing them the whole time or rapping them whatever they are you know um and yeah i'm just like uh, people that like you know guard me if they're making comments to me i i'll I'll talk um and they're the big reason that i take ridiculous shots because if they go in like they're they're never going to hear the end of it for me if it doesn't go in i don't care it was a long shot then you're up in their face the whole the whole way down the other side of the court like what's going on here absolutely absolutely Quick funny story. We were playing. I played pickup on Wednesday nights with the, this group of guys. It's like the third or fourth game that we're playing. I might have already told you this story, but there's this guy. Him and I. He's a lawyer, and him and I end up. I don't know why I told you that, but 
we always end up guarding each other each week because we're about the same size. And he's he's a little older than I am. He's probably in his you know forties, I would say. And last week, we're trying to see what the count was, and it was like I don't know seven or eight. I I got it going. I hit like two threes early on. I had like a a mid range jumper, and they're like, "How do you guys have eight? And I'm like, "Well, I have five. And the guy's like looking around. He looks at me. He's like. You've got five? Like, what am I doing on defense? This guy's got five. I don't even realize it. But, uh, no, when I'm out there, I'm I'm very vocal. Like, my, my team scores. I'm screaming, let's go! Like, hyping my guys up, you know, trying to demoralize the other team. If guys aren't getting back on – like, I'm not the, the best defender, but I'm an, I'm an effort defender. I'll be calling out, like, pick up your man. Get back, get back. Like, I'll be yelling at everybody. I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm out there to win. I only play on Wednesdays. It's the only time I get any type of, like, actual competition. So – yeah, I'm out there. Anyways, that's enough for We're our yeah. uh, pickup corner. The last, the first five minutes of this podcast. Now people are like, "Man, these guys suck. These little freaking <laughs> white kids. Nobody cares." And you're probably right. We do, we do probably suck, but you know it doesn't matter. All right, no, I'm having for, fun. For, I'm having fun. I got. I was in a group chat argument this week. Uh, I was at a birthday party last weekend, and my buddy's 13 year old kid, who's like six foot, walks over to me. He's like, "Bet you I could take you one on one," and like. <laughs> The kid, the kid, I, I'm sure he's got some skill, but like I've seen the posts that his mom makes to Facebook of his like rec league games. I'm not, I'm like no shot, bro. Like this, I understand that you beat your dad, but this is a different animal. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about that. I'm not in group your dad, chat I'm your week. daddy. You know? That, that's right. That's right. Step daddy, what's up? And uh, so you know, we're talking about this in group chat this week. My boys were trying to roast me. And I, I'm talking. I'm talking to my buddy Jason. I'm like, Jason, you know that I'm nice. <laughs> like you, you put forty bucks up that you would beat me one on one, and I took that money. <laughs> I said, run me my money. So we're talking about that, and he's like, oh, you're all right. I'm like, no, for like your average Joe, I'm nice. <laughs> I'm nice. Like if we're just walking down, if you're just walking down the street, like randomly polling people, like, hey, how good are you at basketball? How good are you at basketball? I'm probably good, better than like ninety percent of the people that you're gonna run into and be like, hey, what's going on? Like, when it comes to the average Joe, I am in the nice tier. Like, nice. absolutely 100%. But uh-huh. one day, Luke and I will be able to, to play together. We'll be able to play with some of the listeners or whatever, and we'll we'll really see what's what, be fun I time. guess, so to speak. So, anyways, for, let's move on past this playoff basketball. So, we're, we're recording this Sunday night, a little bit after 10 o'clock. The Knicks-Hawks game, I think, ended, I don't know, like a half hour, 45 minutes ago. Luke, I know you were paying attention to it, like in between pickup games and stuff like that. But yeah. man, wh- I like eight years since the Knicks have been in the playoffs, playing in Madison Square Garden. They had, I think, fifteen thousand yeah. people in attendance, ninety percent of which were vaccinated. And seventy, it was about seventy-five percent of their normal. Capacity. It was amazing. The yeah. atmosphere, the energy from the Knicks fans. One, just because people miss being in buildings for live sporting events, and then they just haven't been in the playoffs for so long, and they're really playing really well that was just awesome I don't know how much of that game you actually got to see but Trey Young hits the game winner with like 0.9 seconds left saying yo it got quiet in here <laughs> like y'all were screaming at me 10 seconds ago it got quiet he said quiet as f in here and then he was shivering the little the little ice tray uh, move that he's got going on but that game was a lot of fun um, the Lakers game was was pretty fun earlier like we've got a pretty good first round it feels like I don't know uh, apart from maybe like the net series, what do you think? I think we might have some good series on our hands. Um, I think the the Sixers Wizards series is going to be bad. Um, I don't I don't think that'll be close. Um, Grizzlies they Jazz put up a fight today. 
Yeah, they end up losing by seven, but they, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think, I don't know. Like West, Westbrook could drop 35, Beal could have 30, and they, they probably still could find a way to lose. That roster is just really not good. Um, Bertons, I don't know what happened to him, and I don't have the numbers to back this up at all, but I just feel like he hasn't been very good in comparison because I used to love, like even last year, I loved watching Bertons. Um, just destroy the magic. Right. Precisely, yeah. But I loved watching Bertons last year, and this year I just feel like he's not been the supporting role, and I don't know if like bringing in Westbrook really messed him up for some reason. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that'll be a great series. I don't know. I don't think Jazz Grizzlies will be a great series either. Um, currently, as we say, this, I think the Jazz are up 10 right now in the start of the second quarter to the Grizz. Um, playing games were a lot of fun, though, uh, for the most part, besides Wizards Pacers, where the Wizards – you know, beat the Pacers by whatever it was, 15. Um, so those were a lot of fun. I think those will be back next year. Did you like those? I did. I thought, I mean, whenever you get LeBron and Curry in the same game with high stakes, it's just, like, bound to be fun. Obviously, that game was just incredible. The thing that I don't like about the playing games, I think you can still have the playing games, but, I, you know, LeBron, Magic, anybody aside, I don't think it's really fair to the seventh seed. Especially, let's say they're like three, four, five games up on the eighth seed. I just don't feel like it's fair to them that, you know, they lose two games in a row and their season is over. I think you can still have all the stakes if you do like nine and ten play and then the winner of that plays eight. And then like eight has to lose two in a row. Kind of how they did it last year where like eight played nine or whatever, however they figured it out. And eight had to lose twice in order to go home. I think they should do something like that, in my opinion. I doubt they will. I'm sure this is the format that they'll move forward with. But I just don't really feel like it's totally fair to the seventh seed, like especially you know if you end up being five or six games up, you know it's just kind of I don't know it's kind of yeah. silly in my opinion. But it was a lot of fun. I it's hard to argue against that. Like John ja Morant against the Warriors the other night, that was a lot of fun. Like showed me that yeah. like I I was kind of not really sold on Ja, and I'm not a hundred percent sold on Ja yet. I think he can be really good. I don't know that I buy that he's like a you know, top 20 player, you know, at any point in his career. Um, eh, Top 20, maybe that's not fair, but top 10, I don't, I'm still not sold that he's going to be that at any point in his career. But um, no, that, I think it was like 35 points that he had. Obviously he had like, you know, the go ahead bucket and everything like that. So um, no, they were super exciting, super fun. I'm sure they'll be back. I know Adam Silver is kind of trying to use this as another opportunity to be like, look how awesome this playing tournament was. What about a midseason tournament? I know he's trying to push that. So, but what about you? Yeah, um, I I like the play in, um, and the like, the the foundation, the basics of it, of like what it does. It, it's a, but I, I just feel like it goes against what the NBA playoffs are. Like I I think the the NBA playoffs they do a seven game series. They don't do a one and done. It, it, they they make it you know the best team is going to probably win barring you know bad injuries the best team's gonna win so and I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing but it's just like I don't think the best man the best team wins in a play-in I, I just don't think I think any fluky type game can happen and all of a sudden that you know the the eight seed who might have been a few games up on the nine seed is now looking at being at home on their couch watching that eight seed who was actually the worst team play um 
So I, I think that there's maybe the, some ways they could refine it. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, I just think that I, I didn't really like – I don't know if I like that aspect. I love the, the fact that it, it does feel like a March Madness type thing. But I don't know. I'm kind of I am kind of conflicted about it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just not sure. But um, but they did produce some fun games. They they were good. So, you know, I'm sure that's kind of what they'll ride the wave of is, you know, people tuned in. People seem to enjoy it. But I think that they got pretty lucky that it was Lakers, you know, Steph versus LeBron in the first year of doing it. Um, I think that really kind of boosted, you know, the argument but you're not going to have Steph versus LeBron every year. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have some bad teams playing in those games and people just aren't going to tune in. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on with that. Like they got super lucky that it was LeBron and Steph. Could you imagine if that wasn't the seven and eight game, if it was like the, you know, eight versus nine game and whoever lost that get game actually went home because warriors lose that game and they're like, Oh shucks, but we've got another chance to beat Memphis. But if that would have been like the end all be all, like that game would have just been so much more crazy. But you're one hundred percent probably nine out of ten years you're not gonna have that type of marquee matchup, especially not with the type of history that those two have when it comes to postseason and everything like that. So yeah, I agree with you. They got super lucky that it was LeBron and Steph. That pretty much is going to guarantee that we're gonna see this next year and for years to come. But I would not be surprised at all if next year we're like, Man, these playing games sucked. You know what I mean? Like, as good as they were this year, there's just as much room next year for them to be there, bad. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be some, some times where that sucks. Luckily, I feel like a lot of um, the the bad teams have fun young players now. Um, Cleveland has young, fun players with, you know, Sexton and Garland. Um, you know, the, the Pelicans have a young a lot of young players. Don't even need to name them. The T-Wolves have young players that are good. Houston is going to be up and coming with teams that are good. So there are some really good possibilities that, that we'll have some great play-in games in the next five to ten years. However, yes, you're going to have years that are just duds where your ratings suck um, because that team's terrible. And the other thing is, like, determining the eight seed yeah that game can to determine the eight seed can can be good and i do think that is a good aspect of it of like you're gonna have a game where like you cheer on two teams that like are gonna get waxed in the first round but that's also what it is right like we're cheering on two teams that are just gonna get just shown the door in probably four or five games in the first round so that part kind of sucks. Um, but but there is a redeeming quality. If that game was really good, then people are just going to remember the play-in games as being really good. Well, that's the thing. That's, I think, a lot of people's argument for the play-in games where I'm like, it's not really fair to the seventh seed, but at the end of the day, does it really matter? Because the seventh seed is going to win at best one or two games, and then they're going to be shown the door and be on their way as the you know first and second seeds kind of move on. But, I mean, these games for the most part were a lot of fun i don't hate them by any means but it would just would not surprise me if we have years where we're like oh the playing games this year just weren't really all that good or they weren't really all that exciting lebron and steph is probably for i would say forever is probably going to be one of the best most hyped up playing games ever just because of the guys you're never involved yeah you're never going to get that again i don't think and and don't i mean and guys don't take this as me saying that I don't and didn't enjoy the playing games. Very much enjoyed the play on games. I'm just having the same conversation with Jonathan that the NBA 
executives and stuff are, are and their headquarters are probably having the same conversations. You know, like just laying it all out there in terms of how it went over and, and whatnot. End of the day, it's I mean, it turned out to be great this year. I just don't know if it'll be able to contain, you know, continue that for the next several years, but I hope it does. So Lakers down, you know, like 13 at halftime. And I think they were down like 11 also like in the some point in the second quarter before Steph just hits that ridiculous three. How worried were you about the Lakers chances of coming back in that game or not? Um, yeah, I. I don't know because that's your that's the risk you run playing against Steph Curry, right? Like you know, at any point there is a chance that that Steph is going to just go off. Like that was something my 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 friend was saying was was it someone was saying like uh, they just need LeBron. LeBron just needs to like if LeBron gets hot, it's over. And I was like, yeah, but to to be honest, there's a far more likelihood that Steph gets hot and it's over. Like conversely. Um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought that the lake, I mean, and the Lakers just like didn't finish well. And today against the Suns, just were just continued to further my concern. This team, th- that team is just not good. Like comparatively, like if LeBron is not on the court and Anthony Davis is who Anthony Davis is, I don't think that they're going to get past the Suns. And it, which was why it's crazy to me. And I'm interested to see how the odds shift, but like, Coming into this, Vegas odds-wise, the Lakers were favored to win the title with the Clippers right behind them. Now you've got Lakers go down game one. You've got the Clips go down game one. And so, but but that's the other thing, right? Like, everybody's on Twitter like, hey, are we, overreact- are we, are we overreacting yet to game one? Like, when did that happen? And it's like, yeah, we're probably overreacting to probably the Clippers game because guess what? They play tomorrow and they're still favored by like seven points now. And they were favored like like five the first game, so you know odds are going to play out. Clips are I hope the Mavericks win that series, um, but with this with the Lakers, man, like I saw it against the Warriors. Yes, it was a great game, but also I just think that like both teams are not championship teams, and I think that's what it boils down to. Golden State played a great game, yes, but I I just don't know. I don't, I don't know what the Lakers are going to do, and and maybe by the end of this. Like the the Lakers are going to, you know, you know, we'll record this, put it out. And then, you know, people might remember me saying this when the Lakers win in five or six games. I don't think that's going to happen, Um, but but we'll see. And, and, you know, that this falls into the overreacting of game one. But it also kind of I'm factoring in the playing games, too, where like I just I'm not sold on the Lakers. Um and I just kind of was trusting Vegas with the fact that they were favored. But just seeing that game today, I mean, Devin Booker balled out. Um, if Anthony Davis steps up, series can take a turn for sure. But, I mean, LeBron had a mediocre game for his standards as well. So, kind of yeah, that sucked. But That's where I'm at. Like, all, the series with the Lakers and the Suns for me is really going to come down to health. Like, how healthy is LeBron? How healthy is Anthony Davis? Because if those guys are healthy... We've seen time and time and time again. I mean, the beginning of the year, they're like 21 and five or 21 and six before they really started to get hit with injuries. So I don't know that I'm willing to go as far as say like this team just isn't a contender because, you know, LeBron had a pretty mediocre game, but I would go as far to say that Anthony Davis had like a bad game and Anthony Davis looked pretty bad against the Warriors as well. If Anthony Davis becomes Anthony Davis again, then this series just like completely shifts. 
Chris Paul hurt today. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Devin Booker looked incredible. DeAndre Ayton looked incredible. Yeah. I don't know if that's, he's going to be able to replicate that like another three times. I think he shot like 10 of 13 or like 10 of 14 from the floor, like something ridiculous like that. But if Anthony Davis, I, I tweeted today, I said, it's going to be hard for the Lakers to win a title if Anthony Davis is going to be mid. Because that's exactly what he was today. Like, he was super mediocre. DeAndre Ayton just completely outplayed Anthony Davis today. Which is not how I thought it was going to go. I thought that if AD plays the five and is matched up against Ayton, I really thought that AD might just eat Ayton's dinner. Like, eat it. And that's why I thought it was going to happen. But when AD comes out and scores 13 on 16 shots... Like, AD was 5 for 16. Um, and I hate to, like, talk about plus-minus that much, but in this situation, I think it's very valuable. Um, AD was a minus 18 today while nobody else was below minus 9. And uh, LeBron was tied with Montrez Harrell for the best plus-minus with plus 2. And they lost by 9. So... There, and it wasn't I mean, even that close because Caruso hits, like, a 3 with, like, three seconds left that just didn't matter it's right really like losing by 12 no they i mean the sun i talked i talked to a buddy of mine who's a suns fan and he was like that was insane to me and not how i thought the game was going to go we controlled what felt like the whole game yeah and you know cp goes out momentum changes cp comes back i mean i really do think that cp obviously like goes without being said huge contributor to the Suns and is a big reason for their success. It did feel like whenever CP3 stepped out of the game and whenever LeBron stepped out of the game, respectively, those teams just like took a turn. And and you know Booker played incredible today, but I do think that like it's a testament to the leadership of LeBron and CP that like when they were out of the game, it just felt like the wheels fell off and teams would start to come back or you know make up ground or extend leads. It was a. It's gonna be a. I think it'll be a fun series. The first six minutes of that game were absolutely incredible players just going back and forth and at each other and it definitely felt like if that's what the series is going to be it's going to be a classic um but yeah i mean i'm interested to see kind of what happens well so like a few weeks ago before lebron came back anthony davis had that big game it might even have been against the suns i I don't really remember but after the game he's screaming i'm back i'm back yeah and it's like he just completely has disappeared since then for the lakers so it's to me, the whole the whole series is going to come down to. I know LeBron's going to get it going. It's going to come down to if AD is AD, and we'll see what happens. But it's going to be exciting. I think the first round is shaping up to be really, really great so far, apart from a couple of series. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, we have some good playoff basketball for the next you know few months here. So the Magic, um, you know, we're just about four weeks away from the NBA draft lottery, where the Orlando Magic have well, they share the best odds in the lottery with Houston, with Detroit, um, all have a 52.1% chance of ending up in the top four. Each of those three teams has a 14% chance of ending up with the number one pick overall. So, Luke, we're going to go ahead, run the tankathon here. Let me go ahead and share my screen for you, buddy, so that you can share in the delight that is the tankathon. Just let me know when you can see this here. Yeah, I got you. All right, so we're going to run this. Everyone knows the rules at this point. You get one run at the tankathon. If you've run it more than once, just don't share your results because they don't matter. Mm-hmm. So we're going to sim the lottery here. Orlando ends up with the number two pick overall and the number 10 pick from Chicago. I can live with this, Luke. You, you I'm definitely, very happy with that. And I'll tell you why you can live with that because I spun once right before you did on my tankathon. Um, 
and I got Orlando with the sixth pick and Chicago with the tenth. So yeah, yeah, not yeah. ideal. No, it's not. So I'm hoping that uh, I would love a, a a result where Magic get the second pick, Bulls get. If the Magic get the number two pick, I really couldn't care less where that Bulls pick falls. I I I really don't. If if the Magic get the second pick and the Bulls get the fourth, I don't care. I you don't care about if they get the first pick. If they get the first pick, it, it'll, it'll it'll sting. It'll sting a little yeah. bit, but 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 I will still be able to fall back on. Well, at least we didn't get the sixth pick. You know. Yeah. Very it, true. Because if the Bulls get the first pick and the Magic fall out of the top four, I I don't know if I'll be able to record. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. Be pretty bad. I'll, I'll have to contemplate it and and see where I'm at, but. I think I'll be good with the Bulls really landing anywhere other than number one as long as we end up in the top three. Like, if we end up in the top three, the Bulls end up, you know, with, like, Evan Mobley and we end up with Jalen Green, I'll be okay with that. Now, do the Bulls pick Evan Mobley? Probably not. They just trade away for Vooch. But, like, I'm just trying to think of what scenario I would be okay with. Maybe they take Jalen Suggs instead at number two. I don't really know. By all means, I don't think go ahead. I don't think it would make a lot of sense for the Bulls to take like a Jalen Green. Do you? Like um, they've already Zach Levine is one of the most common comps that I've seen of Jalen Green. And you already have Zach Levine. So I mean Kobe White, are they sold on Kobe White? I don't think so. So maybe well, Jalen Suggs is the pick for the Bulls at two. I really don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That'll be interesting. So I wanted to bring something up because you and I talked about this on the last podcast. Yeah. We started to talk about Jalen Suggs, and you basically said that you would rather have Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs, okay? Again? Let me be clear. I don't want either of them, but I am just saying yes. And Okay. I went and watched the film, and you were out of pocket for saying that. No, I'm not. Scotty Barnes, I do like Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Plays with a ton of energy. Free. He's probably going to be a great defender in the league. Yeah. Offensively, it just ain't there. Like He is just not there yet. I don't think he's going to be quick enough to get past guys like he was at points at the, at the uh, college level. The three-point shooting is certainly not there. So if it comes down to it, I'm taking Jalen Suggs over Scotty Barnes, and I'm not thinking twice. That's like I watched more film on Jalen Suggs. I still don't get why, pe- why people, people have him over Jalen Green. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. You watch the film. One guy jumps off the screen at you, and one guy is like, "Okay, he you know he does some nice things," but still taking Jalen Green over Jalen Suggs ten out of ten times. Oh yeah, I mean Jalen Green for sure. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, l- let me be clear. I will be irritated if the Magic end up with Barnes or Suggs. I don't. I'm not in love with Barnes. It's may. It's mainly a slight of Suggs. I just don't I he doesn't do it for me. I got the confirmation that I needed last week that I don't need to be in love with Suggs and I'm not just missing something about him. Listen, if if Suggs becomes incredible, then we'll forget this conversation ever happened because that'll look really bad on my part, but I that's also the fun of the draft. I don't I I love when, you know, people don't think a player is going to be good. You know, I love when a but when you know when somebody that goes late in the first round or second round ends up being a good NBA player and a, really a contributor to the team, I think this is a really interesting dynamic because I do feel like Suggs is pretty polarizing. I just feel like there are a lot of people that are also saying, yes, some people are saying he's a top four or five pick worthy player. 
I also know some other people that are saying he's not a top five player to me and I don't see what people see in him. And maybe, you know, that big shot he had in March Madness kind of turned it, you know, people's attention to him even more. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it'll be, but I, I, I like, like you said, yeah, I'm taking green over Suggs every day of the week. Hitting a, a game-winning buzzer beater in March Madness like that, like brings some clout. With it's, it. it's a euphoric experience for sure. I think that's what it is. I I really think that that shot because people. I mean, to be fair, people were talking about him being a top three, four pick the entire season at Gonzaga. Like he was always part of the conversation. But I think, especially from Orlando Magic fans, I think that that was elevated with that shot that he had against UCLA. So I went back and, and really started to watch film on a lot of these guys that we have talked about, from Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Kaminga, uh, Moses Moody, who I know you're a big fan of, mm-hmm. uh, that hopefully we could get with the Chicago pick if that falls out of the top four, yeah. and then Scotty Barnes. So these were my takeaways. I get it with I get it with Cade. Like Cade is by far the guy that is like the furthest along yeah. in, in, in terms of just you know his overall skill level the concern i have with cade before i watch the film i still have that the times that i watched it's just why are you not taking over like why are you waiting until this point in the game to turn that extra gear on now it's good to see that he has that extra gear but i still have that question but when you just look at the overall skill set and what he's able to do on both ends of the floor i would say that he is the furthest along as far as a playmaker, his ability to, to get into the lane, mm-hmm. uh, to finish from the post, the three-point shooting, you know, the defensive ability, all of that stuff. Like, he is the furthest along out of any of these guys, you know, in the, the top four or five there. And then Evan Mobley, like, the potential that he has to just be an absolute menace defensively, definitely there. Uh, the ball skills that I, you know, he's shown flashes of. I saw that in the film that I watched of him. Not as good of a three-point shooter as I had initially thought. Again, I believe it was around like 30%. Yeah. But the form doesn't look broken. I don't love the free throw percentage. Um, but just he is probably what we hoped Mo would be. Mo's yeah. probably a little bit further along of, of, of a shooter, like when he first came yeah. into the league. But the you know the defensive ability, um, you know the ability to to finish at the rim and everything like that. You know, pick and roll lob threat. Like Evan Mobley is absolutely that. Jalen Green, I I just I didn't learn anything when I watched that film. I just this is what Jalen Green is just absolutely freak athleticism. Uh, you know, is developing as a playmaker, but his ability to create space and get his own shot basically whenever he wants. If he can just knock that down with more repeti- repetition, like the kid is just going to be an offensive superstar in my opinion. Um, and then Kaminga, I mean. Not as good of a defender as I remember. Like, he's got some flashes of being a really good defender, but I remember him being, like, this menace in the few Ignite games that I watched. And, uh, yeah, so if it's Kaminga or it's Suggs, I'm really going to be upset if we end up with a top-five pick. For me, it's it's Cade, it's Mobley, it's Green, or the, the draft is starting off bad. <laughs> And then Moses Moody, I, I see what you see in Moses Moody. I had kind of thought, I'm like, uh, Moses Moody, but a lot of people are talking about James Booknight. I went and watched James Booknight. He has put up some numbers, but I'm not in love with the shooting form. I would I would rather Moses Moody, I think, between those two guys. Yeah, yeah, Moses Moody's good. Um, 
Moses Moody is a guy that people aren't thinking about too much yet, but they will soon in terms of, you know, the Magic are so enthralled with, like, a top-four pick and who they're going to get there. But, like, we already – we know who – I just feel like it's pretty much a general consensus of who the Magic fan base wants. Like, the Magic, if it's not Cade at one, it's Jalen Green, and it should be that. Like, that's that's what the Magic need. And, uh, yeah, and then they'll start thinking about other guys like Moses Moody, who will be great to have. I mean, that he would be pretty incredible to be able to add just to that young core. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's it. I just, I have a hard time talking about this cause I'm like, have we already discussed this? Like, are we, are we talking in circles right now about this? But, but like, you know, with things that I've said, I know that I've, I've said similar things about Moody that people probably aren't thinking about him yet. Um, but yeah, so, and, and like you said, Kate is far away. I, I know you kind of had, you, you, you definitely have been, you know, leading the Jalen Green train for a while now. And and to the point where you were almost kind of split on like, would I be upset if we got Cade not Jalen Green? But then you did you have kind of a a revelation last week watching Cade film of like, uh okay I'm I'm definitely yeah. great with getting Cade. Oh yeah, yeah I I definitely had a revelation because it was just like, Jalen really just checks like the, ISO, scoring threat box mm-hmm. like the athleticism and everything right. like that like which I feel like the Magic desperately need. I feel like he's going to be a really good shooter, and I think the fit is so good with what we already have. When you talk about Markel and Chuma and Jonathan and everything like that, I feel like you just kind of plug Jalen in with Cade. Then I'm starting to question like other guys' roles. Like, what does this mean for Markel? What does this mean for Chuma or Jonathan Isaac? Mm. Things like that. But when you look at just, again, all of the, the boxes that Cade checks, like solid defender, great playmaker, can get to the rim, three-level scorer, is arguably a better shooter than Jalen Green is right now. He's not the same athlete, so the only concern I would have about Cade is, like, can this guy just get to his spots, which he did in college. But if you look at Luka, he's Mm -hmm. not the most athletic guy in the world, which there are some shades of Luka that people have made comparisons to Cade. But Mm -hmm. if you look at a guy like that, if you're good enough, you're going to get to your spots. Like, Paul Pierce wasn't the most athletic guy in the world, but Paul Pierce was getting to that elbow. Right. There was nothing that you could do about that. And I feel like Cade might have that. And, I, yeah, I just feel like Cade right now checks more boxes than any of these other prospects. So, yeah, I definitely had a revelation watching that. I was like, the more film that I watched, I was like, okay, I get it. But my main concern with him is still, like, the mentality. Like, are you just going to be able to be this killer night in and night out? Like, we, you would hope your consensus number one overall pick would. With that being said, I am not going to lose a wink of sleep if the Magic end up with Jalen Green rather than Cade Cunningham. Right. So all that being I mean, said, yeah, Luke. There's nothing else to add to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think when we look at a lot of these prospects, I think, and it feels like it's been this way for three or four years, every draft, it's like, now we have to draft a shooter. Now we have to draft a shooter. Now we have to draft a shooter because for the past eight, nine years, the one thing you can look at this team and say is they lack shooting. And you go up and down the roster right now, I feel like that is where we are still at. You still lack shooting. So for us, it's like Cade, great shooter. Jalen Green, probably going to be a really good shooter. And then when we start talking about that Bulls pick, it's like Moses Moody, going to be a really good shooter. Like These are the guys that we are like just really targeting. 
So I kind of wanted to go through the roster, you know, as quickly as, you know, we might be able to do here and just kind of get our feelings for each guy, how you feel they fit with the team and whether or not they're going to be on the team next year. And we'll just kind of do this in alphabetical order. So first up is Cole Anthony. Your thoughts really quickly on Cole. Obviously, Cole is going to be on the team next year. Yeah, clearly. I mean, he'll be on the team next year. Um, Yeah, I mean, love what he was able to do once he got in a rhythm. Hopefully he continues to, you know, up his efficiency and uh, be a great point guard or shooting guard for the Magic, and I think he'll be probably a shooting guard next year. I saw a graphic. I forget who put it out, but it was, like, every team's most clutch player and the Orlando Magic they just left as, like, N.A. In my opinion, it's Cole. Like, anybody that's on the roster right now, even when Jonathan Isaac and Markel come back, like, if you're telling me we, we need one shot, I'm give, I'm probably going to give the ball to Cole just because he is like that three-level threat. Like, he can shoot the three, he can get to the rim. If he gets fouled, you're probably going to make the free throws, can hit the mid-range. Where with Markel, it's like, okay, if they stop him from driving, then we're going to hope that he's going to hit a three. Outside of those two guys, I mean, I don't know who else you would have wanting to take that shot, but pretty early on, Cole has shown us the ability that he can make that shot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they would put N.A. there. Just tell us you don't watch the Magic, you know. Um, right. And, and tell us you haven't seen his two game winners. I mean, he he's not scared of the moment, and he is more confident than we are that the shot's going to go in when he takes it, regardless of the circumstance. So, yeah, that's just, that's a stupid, stupid yeah. thing that they didn't put. Tell me you don't watch yeah, the games so without telling me you don't watch the games. Without telling me. Yeah. Precisely. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So Dwayne Bacon. So let's look at the numbers this year. 10.9 re, uh, points, 3.1 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 40% from the floor, 28% from the three-point line. Your thoughts on Dwayne? Is he on the roster next year? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, he's he's on the roster next year. You're paying him $1.8 million, and that's it. <laughs> like, he's on the roster in some capacity. Who... Who are you like? I get it, but what player for a million dollars are you gonna get besides that's like better than Dwayne Bacon? Like, Dwayne Bacon's not great, but for a million bucks, he's there. He's got one more year on his contract. That's a growing year. He hopefully can kind of help the young players, you know, get into a rhythm and coach them a little bit. Hopefully, takes more of a backseat next year when the team has more of an identity. Um, you know, he's what fifth, fifth, fifth oldest player on the roster, so. Yeah, he he's there next year. It's 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 a million dollars, man. It's one more year. I think a lot of the frustration was with Dwayne was that he was never supposed to be what he ended up being for the Magic. Like he was also always supposed to be like your, you know, backup small forward or, you know, third shooting guard if you look at Fournier and you look at Ross and then just with the injuries, it was basically I mean, he was the only guy that played in every game for the Magic this year. So it was just like we have Dwayne Bacon basically out of necessity, career highs and minutes field goal attempts this year like we were not ever supposed to see this much Dwayne Bacon so I'm probably with you uh, it, it, yeah he's probably back next yeah. year but not in the I, same capacity I don't think, and, as and what people, we saw this year no and and I think that people might be worried and they might look at Dwayne Bacon and be like man is this like another MCW situation where he just plays because 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 he love because Cliff loves him no that, that's not going to be the case at all I do not I don't think I think Dwayne simply was just available like that's what is the first step of being a great NBA player is being available. 
and that's one of the greatest things in life is just being available. And Dwayne Bacon was available. He was the most available for the Magic, and I can respect it. He stayed out of injury, any type of injury, um, and and good for him. He he might have sold himself to another team, you know, after this contract runs up for more than just a million. But um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's not going to be in the same role. He just happened to be there, and they had to plug him in because he's he's there. Next up, Mo Bamba. So he is heading into the final year of his rookie deal. Uh, this year in 46 games, career high, 8 points, career high, 5.8 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 47% from the floor, 32% from the three-point line. I'm going to say yes. Moe's on the roster next year. They're going to give him – this is going to be his prove-it year. I don't, I don't know that he gets extended this summer. I really don't. They might write it into, like, you know, restricted free agency and, you know, give him a qualifying offer. I don't see anybody – you know, really paying him that much in the, you know, the open market. So if the Magic see something from him next year and, you know, want to give him another prove it year or then want to sign him to an extension, you know, that is, you know, in the cards. But I would be surprised if the Magic extended Mo Bamba this summer. Yeah. And and especially you go into the territory of if the Magic, the hypotheticals of like, which is probably the most interesting hypothetical to me if you're a Magic fan um, if the Magic draft Evan Mobley, what do you do? Because you've got both. Do you just ride it out that year, like next year, and just just not play? I mean, Cliff's not scared to not play Mo. We've seen it so many times. And now you've got Wendell Carter Jr., who, yes, Mo has a higher ceiling, but feels like Wendell is just more polished. Um. So, you know, and I just feel like Mo will be on the roster next year. Um, even if they draft Mobley, they'll just stash him on the bench. Um, and then next offseason will be very interesting. If Mobley, you know, if Mobley does take a leap, WCJ has played, you know, whether it's, you know, in front of Mobley for the first part of the year and then takes a step back and becomes the backup. I mean, his, his player, I mean, his team option – WCJ's team option is is 6.9 mil next offseason uh for 21-22 and and Mo is 7.5 um so I don't know maybe they 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 pick up when Wendell's option and deal Mo at the end of next year but or you know whatever but I I really don't know I think I do think Mo is still on the team next year regardless all that to say I think he's still on the roster uh, just because I I just don't know that the Magic are going to end up picking Evan Mobley. But I feel like I feel like a little bit different from you. If the Magic draft Evan Mobley, it's because they've given up on Mo. Like they feel like they have a really good piece in Wendell. Maybe you you, you know oh, you right. probably start the season with Wendell at at the starting center, and then you just kind of ease Evan Mobley along. He's going to need time to learn the NBA and to fill out. Especially the frame is what really concerns me with him is. Are we? Is this going to be another Mo Bamba project where it's going to be three or four years before he's really, really good because of the frame? You know, he did have some issues at USC with bigger centers. So, uh, yeah, I think Mo Bamba's still on the roster next year, but I feel a little bit different from you. I think if you take Mobley, then that means uh, that Mo's gone. I feel like you, you've given up on him at that point. Well, that's essentially what I said, that, that, that Mo's going to be stashed on the bench. Like, that's what that no, means No, I think he's gone. Like, least. they would move him. They would trade him something. Oh, you think they're moving him? 
if you take yeah. Mobley, I, I mean, think he's maybe. gone. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who's next on the list? Ignis Brasdakis. Yeah, gone. I mean, he's gone. I don't know. We don't have to that. spend a lot of t- Iggy. Nice meeting you. See you later. Yep. Wendell Carter Williams. Um, Wendell Michael Carter Williams. You like how I merged the two <laughs> together? They did. I know you don't know Dragon Ball Z, but it was a little bit of a fusion there. Mm. Uh, Michael Carter Williams. Is Steve Clifford still the coach? <laughs> yes. Moving on. There. Moving on. <laughs> in my opinion, no. Michael Carter Williams will be back. I hope he is. I think he is. You know, one of those veteran guys that needs to stick around to bring along some of the young guys. Mm-hmm. I just hope we don't get him just jam down our throat like we have you know each of the last couple of seasons here mm. um, he's giving me weird looks don't i'm not even gonna pay attention to that <laughs> uh yeah no i think he yeah he's still there he's he's still there uh wendell carter jr i think yes really like what we saw out of him post trade deadline had some up and downs i think the last part of the season the last few games you know, he's dealing with the eye issue. We never really heard what that was. Like, if it was an, a corneal abrasion, like, a corneal abrasion is, like, a real serious eye injury. Like, extremely painful, can mess with your vision. You don't even want to open your eye most of the time. So, the only thing that I can think of, unless he had, like, a detached retina, which he just wouldn't be playing whatsoever. I, I'm coming from, like, an ophthalmology background here, so I this is kind of my jam. I know what I'm talking about. The mm-hmm. only thing that makes sense to me for him to miss that many games is one, just straight up tanking and lying, or if he had some type of corneal abrasion, which can really mess with your ability to play basketball. So I'm not holding that too much against him, but I do think we kind of just saw like a little bit of a roller coaster with Wendell. Like looked amazing, then looked okay, then looked amazing, then looked okay. I don't think, and let's get your opinion on this, I don't think he looked bad at any time with the Magic, but there were other times where I'm like, Okay, maybe he's not a starting center. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he is a starting center, man. I I just think that he's not going to be a star. Like he's never going to make an all-star team. He's just there. He he he's going to get you some some boards. He's going to not do the wrong thing. He's just there. And he and that's that's all I need out of a center. If you get me a scoring guard and we've got Kel and Cole and and J.I. and Chuma, I don't care what the center does as long as they're not making mistakes, and I think WCJ is that guy. Let me be perfectly clear. I do think he's a starting center, but there were points where I'm like, okay, if if he's more down than he is up, like we saw two different versions of him, if he's the worst version, which I think Chicago for the most part saw in his you know almost three years there, uh, if that's him, then maybe he's not like a starting caliber center, but... I do feel like he is. I, I still believe in Wendell Carter Jr. And I'm right there with you. Like, worst case scenario, he's just okay. And he's like our fourth, fifth option offensively. And he's a really, you know, pretty solid defender. So, hi on Wendell. He'll definitely be back next year. James Ennis. James Ennis. Let's pull up the numbers here. So, this season, 8.4 I, points per game, yeah. four rebounds, one and a half assists, 43% from three. What do you think? Um, I, so I made like, I made a tentative list, right? Like you said, Hey, we're probably going to talk about this on the show. So I, you know, rushed real quick to the, you know, the payroll and you know, whatever, and just started making a list on my notes. Right. I have got a section that is gone. I've got a section that is staying 
Um, and then I've got a no clue section. James Ennis is on my no clue section. He's a guy that that, that like the Magic are going to have to re-sign him. This past year he made 3.3 mil. Um, do you bring him back and are you able to bring him back for less or does he hover around the same? I'm not incredible with you know the, the, the payroll and what the team's got left to work with. I haven't really even looked at it because I'm just so focused on the draft. Um, so as of now, Ennis is on my no clue, but I would lean towards that. He gets signed to like a very team friendly, similar to what he was on. So I'm not a hundred percent clear on all the salary cap space and everything like that. in this coming summer, I do know that Otto Porter jr. His almost 28 and a half million dollars is going to be coming off the books. Let's just right. get that out of the way. Otto Porter jr. Probably not back. But See my later. understanding is that the Magic should have some flexibility to make some small moves like that. Like if you're gonna instead of three million, if you're gonna give James Ennis six or seven million, you know, on like a like a two year deal, you know, fourteen million dollars, I'm okay with that. Like maybe a little bit of an overpay, but it's a guy that you know what you're gonna get. He's familiar with the team. You know he's a good high character quality vet that's gonna help bring the you know the the guys along. So if you're gonna give James Ennis somewhere between like five to seven million dollars a year, like a two year deal, I'm okay with that. Like I don't think that's a huge overpay. The thing with James Ennis, so when we made the trade for Ennis, it was we're acquiring a shooter. And then what we really saw out of James Ennis, and let me just kind of pull up his numbers again, go back to the previous year with the Magic. So uh yeah, so last year uh he only shot twenty eight point six percent from three so after the trade deadline we're like okay we're trading for a shooter and the guy shot freaking 28 percent now he's a 36 percent career three-point shooter but he shot 43 percent this year probably not going to get back to 40 percent again but if he's anywhere from like 36 to 38 percent like that's a guy in my opinion that the magic should keep like really really good glue guy hustle guy energy guy solid defender like i'm totally okay with bringing back james ennis I'm with you there. I'm not really sure if they bring him back, but I would bring him back if I was the Magic. It, it's just a matter of, like, with Otto Porter coming off the books, what you've got to do with free agents. Because, you know, and and we can kind of let, – let's continue to go through the list here, Jonathan, and then we'll kind of see where we're at in terms of who's staying, who's gone. Markel Fultz be, next. Yeah. Staying. RJ Hampton obviously staying. Now, I this is something that I said to you the other day, and this is going to be a little bit of a hot take. Mm. I've cooled a little bit. You know, I was I was a prisoner of the moment, but I do feel like there's a chance that eventually RJ Hampton is the better player between him and Cole Anthony. I texted you and I said, I think RJ is going to be better than Cole. I've cooled on that a little bit. I do think he has the potential. This really came from watching the Orlando Magic Pod Squad episode that he did with mm-hmm. David Steele, Jeff Turner, uh, Dante Marcatelli, because I just love the kid. I just I, I watched that interview and you're like you just fell in love with him. I'm like that but smile, that that it, damn it, smile. If 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 the Pod Squad dropped a Cole episode the next day, oh, what would see, you be saying? I don't that? know. I feel like we got to neutralize Cole's it. Personality. I feel like we know what we would get out of Cole. With RJ, like there was, you always have the sense of that he's a confident kid, but it came through so much so in that episode. If you, you haven't listened to that, you need to. If listeners haven't listened to that, you need to. But he just came across like so, I hate to say charming, but he came across charming. He came across very confident, 
and I know that kid is going to absolutely work his butt off. That kid would drive from Little Elm, Texas to Memphis to work out with Mike Miller while he was still in high school. So like, hey, you want to feel you want to you want to you want to feel old for a second about RJ? And oh. Yes, that that's incredible. You want to feel old for a second? It is sure. one thing to tell me that RJ Hampton is just twenty years old and he turned twenty in February. It is a whole other thing to tell me that RJ Hampton was born in two thousand and one. Yeah, that yep. still blows my mind. I remember two thousand one. That is a part of vividly. getting. <laughs> I mean that that is. That is insane to me. So, yes, RJ, I also say that to say RJ is young. He's he's hungry. Uh, you know, the, I would definitely reply if anybody ever, you know, is comparing RJ and Cole. I just reply with the why not both gif. Right. And uh, and that's how I feel about the guys. I love both of them. I love 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 that we have these conversations and we're able to have these conversations about which guy we love more essentially because we don't dislike either of them we really don't we love both we're really of them. quite fond of we both don't of them. dislike we this has been yeah, a rough year absolutely. but like i just think of these guys and i just i've got this grin on my face right now like i i love cole i love <laughs> rj like we gonna be all right yeah. like this year sucked yeah. but like we're probably gonna be all right it's that's a really good feeling to have next up gary harris yep yeah, yeah, I, think I know you're a big Gary guy. You're a big Gary Gary Harris Harris guy. Where did that come from? I don't. Right. I, I I must have missed that joke, dude. I I have been so just ashamed of myself that I haven't even asked that question. So um, maybe somebody can clarify for us because I see it and I'm like I can't even laugh because I have. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not I must, up. With I must have missed that joke. I'm not up with that. I must have been in the bathroom right. when the when that happened on like a broadcast right. or something. I really don't know. Right. Yeah. But yeah. No so idea. Gary Harris. I mean, 19 million dollars this year, back. 20 million next year. I think he's back just because he's like. R.J. was the gem of that trade, and I think we can all say that the Magic won that trade now. Uh, Denver fans, they might feel differently, but Gary Harris was definitely the guy that like you're taking the flyer on. Like, Still young, still a good defender. Can he turn it around offensively? $20 million. The thing, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll talk more about the cap space, but like, I just don't think the Magic are going to be big players um, you know, in free agency going and trying to sign guys that they don't already have. Jonathan Isaac... The, the young goat. Like, that's all I need to say about Jonathan Isaac. Magic definitely keeping Jonathan Isaac. Chuma Okiki, whatever you think about his musical skills, throw it out the window. This uh, past week, Terrence Ross, the T. Ross podcast, had Chuma Okiki on the show. Did you listen to that episode? I have not gotten around to it, no. Life okay. was uh, pretty chaotic, so I haven't gotten to it, but... Terrence Ross basically said him and one of the assistants on the Magic, I forget which game it was, but they were like trying to have a conversation like who does Chuma's game remind you of? And they both said Kawhi Leonard. Magic fans have been saying this. Personality-wise, he's kind of a dry guy. Mm -hmm. At least from what we see, he seems kind of reserved and shy. But then just like the the physical attributes, like the in-between game, Chuma's going to be a pretty good three-point shooter. So it's good to know that we're not the only ones and we're not totally delusional. Because if an, an NBA assistant and an NBA player are saying that about a guy, then I kind of feel vindicated about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Terrence Ross, that's another story. But, but Chuma, 
yeah, I, I I do love that that he was you know he's drawn comparisons with Kawhi not only in the fan base but with his teammates and his coaches, um, you know just kind of all around. So and I can see it for sure, and we've been saying that. Um, I would listen if Chuma ever gets to Kawhi Leonard level, I'll be ecstatic, obviously. Um, and I hope he gets. You there. won't be able to find a pair of pants in his house. Pants will be off. Off. <laughs> Let me. I want to tell you this, Luke, really quickly. Next season, Cole, RJ, and Chuma are going to cost us like a combined nine million dollars. It's beautiful. That's. I just. I love that. It's beautiful. Cap space doesn't really mean a whole lot to us, but when you've got those three guys for less than ten million dollars, you're doing something right. All right, Otto Porter. I think we both can agree that he's probably gone. Yeah. The Magic saw like four or five games, if that, from Otto making way too much money this year. I just don't see it making a lot of sense for the Magic to try to go out and re-sign Otto. I loved you Otto. Feel differently when, about that? No, I, all I'll say is I loved Otto a few years back when he was in Washington. Um, John Wall got him paid because he kept setting up Otto Porter for three-pointers. I do like Otto, but I don't like him for 20, $28 million and whatever he's going to ask for this offseason. Chase and Randall. Smell you later. He's like your sixth, seventh guard next year. He's definitely gone. Chase Terrence Randall Ross. is 28 years old. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Ross. This is interesting. T. Ross is interesting to me. I, d- I don't know. He's a, he's a don't know for me. I don't know. And I don't know if it's simply because of what – I don't know. I, I just felt like he was so disconnected. And I don't know if he's like fully embracing that, like I'm the oldest on the team, I'm the vet, like I'm gonna take my kids to Dave and Buster's. What's up? While the Magic are playing, <laughs> but like, just I don't know. It didn't. It's not that it didn't sit well, but I'm almost there. Um, he shot ter- Like he dropped off this year, in my opinion. He started the year incredibly hot. And then finish the year. Do you have his stats in front of you? Because I'm I'm blanking. I think it thirty three percent average percent from three. Thirty three percent. So I don't know. Is Gary Harris like push him up into the slot where T Ross was off the bench, hit some threes. Gary Harris had a better three point percentage. I don't know, and you know, relatively, I'm I'm guessing T Ross shot more threes, um, but but T Ross also played a few more minutes but but i i just wonder like i don't know do you do you keep ross i just feel like, is it weird to say like i feel like it's a ross or harris thing i don't feel that way so something that i've come to learn just over the last couple of years as i pay more attention you know to you know people's opinion around the league you know about the magic and things like that it's not always about whether or not a guy is actually a good shooter a lot of times it's what is the perception of him. And I think the perception of Terrence is still like he's that microwave. So whether or not he's actually going to be hitting threes, I think the gravity that he's going to create offensively, guys are like, you're just not going to leave Terrence Ross because he's Terrence Ross. Like he's a guy that's known as a good shooter, especially the last couple of years. So did he drop off a little bit this year, you know, as far as like the shooting numbers go? Absolutely, but especially once guys started to go down, I think it was so easy for other teams to zero in on Terrence and be like, oh, if Terrence doesn't make any shots, they just have no chance. 
nobody else is going to be able to do anything whatsoever. Yeah. So in previous years where it's like, okay, yeah, you really have to watch Terrence. Like you might, uh, you know, double team him coming off a screen or something like that. Like this year it was that to like the nth degree. Like if he's not getting it going, the Magic are just dead in the water, especially the second unit. So I think there was some of that. I think put better players around him and he's going to benefit from that. Like next year, if you're telling me once Markel comes back that our starting well, our second unit is like RJ, Cole, Terrence, maybe Mo Wagner and Mo Bamba. Like if that's your second unit, I probably feel much better about Terrence getting better shots and probably shooting the ball a little bit better than he did this year. Does that change your mind at all? Or to me it's does Terrence want to be here? Yes or no? If like a flow chart. If yes, he's here. If no, he's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, and I'm not even convinced myself that it's Gary Harris or T Ross. That was simply me kind of proposing it and thinking of something that just kind of like, I don't know, hit me while I was putting together my, like, you know, who's staying, who's gone, who's, because you and I have had the conversation about T Ross and like, is he disconnected? Is it a bad look that he's not at these games? Um, granted if, if he wasn't there and then didn't post about being at like an arcade, would I feel better about it? Probably. But, like, should that be the case? Probably not. Like, if he's hurt, he's hurt. And, like, that's players do that. They just don't go to the games. Um, but, yeah. So well, these were I, away yeah, games. I really, I really so, well, like, yeah. towards the end of the – it was really away games, which, like, normally it wasn't necessarily a guy, that he wasn't there. Hurt. It was just, like, he's not watching at all, which right. I now, get because the team's terrible. But Exactly. Do I wish that he was, like, sitting there watching the games as intently as I was? Yeah, absolutely. But am I super upset that lost season, the last couple of games of the year, like he's spending time with his kids? I'm really not all that mad. Now, if he was out like getting hammered and was like on the town, yeah, maybe I would feel a certain way about it. Maybe the fact that he's with his kids makes me feel a little bit better. My sentimental dad side is coming out. Right. I really don't know, but it doesn't really bother me that much. I don't think that Terrence is like the veteran leader that you want for your team. I just don't I don't think that that is exactly his personality. Is he a bad vet by any means? Absolutely not. But is he going to be like a almost like a Udonis Haslam? No. Mm-mm. That's just not who Terrence Ross is. But for me, I do want him back because it, obviously it's going to come into, you know, who the Magic draft. But if you have Gary Harris and you have Terrence Ross and you end up with a Jalen Green, maybe you want to make sure you have what you think you have in Jalen Green before you move on from a guy like Terrence Ross. I could totally see the Magic drafting you know, Jalen Green or even like a Moses Moody if we end up falling out of the top four. And then you're like, okay, we've got something with, this, with these guys. Maybe now we can move Ross to like a contender. So I think he's back for the start of the year. But this offseason, for me, it's just the front office has to ask him, like, do you still want to be here? Like, is this a, still a situation that you want to be in? Now, he just bought a new house mm-hmm. in Orlando, just moved into a new house. So I would think that he wants to stay here, but I'm kind of with you. Like I'm leaning towards staying, but I'm kind of like have one foot and I'm not sure. I don't think I'd be surprised either way. Yeah. Cinderius Thornwell. Goodbye. See you later. Thanks for the couple of weeks. God bless you. Wish you the best. Right. Moritz Wagner. This one I think is, is one of the more interesting questions that we have, whether or not he stays. I kind of want him to. Do you? I, I liked what we saw out of Moritz Wagner. Let me pull up his stats here. Yeah, and and 
it'll probably you know this year we paid him because it basically was like what prorated on like how many days he was with the magic but yeah he made 200 200 grand, 200 grand and is yeah. his qualifying offer is is just over two mil um i signed moritz wagner one year or two years like four million dollars a year in a heartbeat like i think this team still needs some depth at like the four slash five um maybe he's better suited as kind of like a as a five but i mean we saw him in some minutes at the four and i didn't totally hate it but in 11 games with the magic he started 10 of those games um 11 points per game shot 40 percent from the floor shot 37 percent from the three-point line almost five rebounds like i'm i'm totally okay if they decide they want to bring more wagner back yeah i mean the, the thing with him is you know his yes his field goal percentage was not ideal but his three-point percentage was more than okay so i think if his role is just to you know he's not gonna the reason his field goal percentage was so low is because he had to win the game he had to which is hilarious that like we had to have mo wagner be taking over the game to try to win it for orlando this year and just as a testament to like what magic fans went through but next year that's not gonna be the case at all guys so like don't sweat it if Ogner's back he's not gonna take shots away from people he is just going to stretch the floor for us in some situations hopefully at the four and and just gonna be able to knock down threes from time to time that's all the magic need we like we're not looking for a star out of Wagner um I think that would be all right so I'm looking at at spot track here and again we I don't have a great handle on a lot of what these cap numbers mean but they're saying magic's practical cap space is going to be somewhere around 16 million uh you know with uh you know like Otto porter jr coming off the books and everything like that so if you're gonna you know use a portion of that to re-sign guys like james ennis or, or moritz wagner i'm totally okay with that and now we can you know wrap up here and kind of have the conversation on what the magic should do in free agency but my whole thing is they should not be big spenders this season you just gave away Nikola Vucevic really to open up long-term cap flexibility. And yeah, I mean, you've got to have guys on the roster next year, but you're going to get J.I. and Markel back. You're going to add two first-round picks. So maybe this comes down to just whether or not the Magic are going to have enough roster spots to re-sign all these guys. Like, I could totally see Bogner being a casualty of that or a guy like James Ennis being a casualty of that. Uh, but yeah, I don't think the Magic should be aggressive in free agency like if somebody comes to them and it's like hey my name's Giannis Antetokounmpo and I want to sign with you guys for a million dollars a year obviously something stupid like that you say yes but like you're really not searching out these guys like if you if you need a role guy to you're, you know fill a roster spot you're you filling for it you're filling at yeah. that point because basically by the time I finished my staying list I have basically two free agent spots yeah and one of those can be one or two of those could also be filled by a two way. So like we're not no one's pressed from the magic front office to like go out and get somebody this off season. So if free agency is where your expectations are lying this off season, you're wasting your time. Yeah. I, I just don't, it's not, I don't think it's feasible for the magic. They're not going to have enough cap space quite yet. And then it's just not the time. Like I was thinking like DeMar DeRozan is going to be a free agent this summer. No. Nope. And the last three or four years, that's been a guy that, that Magic fans have been like, oh, we should you know, try to trade for DeMar DeRozan. Like, let's bring DeRozan here. Like, he's a big name. And I just started to think, like, man, what if the Magic have, like, $23 million in cap space and people start, like, the chance for DeMar DeRozan? 
even though my brain knows it makes absolutely no sense for the magic, I would start to have anxiety that the magic are going to do something stupid, like sign DeMar DeRozan to like a four-year, $90 million contract or something like that. It happens every time when people wanted us to trade for Russell Westbrook. I felt this way. People wanted us to trade for Chris Paul. I was kind of wrong on that because Chris Paul is still awesome, and he's very capable of like elevating a team that's not very good. Uh, but I felt that way about Chris Paul when people were talking about that a, a couple of seasons ago. So free agency, not the move this year. No. Just sign guys to minimum contracts. Keep the guys that you have. Let's hey, basically just run this back next year, see what we you got. Know, you know who's off the books next year? Uh, if I had to guess, probably Timothy Mozgov. Timothy Mozgov. What a freaking joke. Are we done paying C.J. Watson? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right now we're paying Kim Mozgov and Jeff Teague. So so that's just for this year, though. Like, Kim and Jeff Teague should come off of the books, They're right? off. They're off. Yeah, yeah. And okay. Mozgov will be the only guy that's not on the roster still getting paid. Did Mo- I don't think Mozgov ever played a single game for the Magic. No. And still got, like, every penny of what he was owed. So good for him. He was, he was a... You know, showing up in his, his suits and his little knee brace. Right. Good for Mozgov. Good so. for him. All right. Well, next week uh, we have a pretty cool episode planned. Uh, we're going to have a, a little roundtable. We're not going to announce who the guests are right now, but uh, both of them have been on the show before. Really, really cool guys. We're looking forward to having those conversations. Uh, we're really – Luke and I have been working pretty hard at, uh, you know, planning out, like, the whole off-season schedule the best that we can just to keep bringing you guys, like, interesting episodes and – and everything like that but uh yeah hope you guys enjoy this one uh, luke we got anything else or uh we, we pretty much good uh no i was just kind of kind of wrap up the fact that you know i think that we'll have two free agent spots that like the if, if you know the league allows you to carry 15 active uh i think that you know that'll be the case i'll sign a couple free agents with that you know remaining cap nothing crazy um yeah it should be uh it should be a a, a fun but anxiety filled next couple months here i could honestly i could see the front office just using both of those roster spots as two ways and be yeah. like okay well we're you're not going to have markel for like half the season so odds are you're just still not going to be very good you like, get him for 45 team, days so there right. there is a a reason maybe to just fill the what you've got left for the year right. just to do it just so you don't have to cap out these guys at 45 like you know, a couple months into the year, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think it'll be a, a huge priority for that front office as it shouldn't be. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, four weeks uh, to the draft lottery. That's what we're looking forward to now. Um, I don't think the magic have really announced anything. I've talked to a couple of you guys uh, that, you know, that want me to come over. Luke probably not going to make it big surprise guys yeah. uh, to the draft lottery. Um, you know, if the magic do like a party at the Amway, you know, I'll probably make it out for that. Um, apart from that, you know, every, people are getting vaccinated and, you know, COVID rates seem to be going down each day. So, uh, you know, maybe we can set up something like a meetup, you know, downtown Orlando. Maybe I'll come through for a beer and maybe more than one if uh, if it doesn't go well. I might have to crash at somebody's house because I'll just be, you know, drowning my sorrows uh, if the Magic don't end up with a high pick. But anyways, folks, um, thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show. For Luke, this has been Jonathan, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. 
It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!